Thank you so much for downloading this episode of So What Do You Really Do, the podcast where I, your host, Dead or Dennis Maller, speak with artists and entertainers about their day jobs. And I'm in the backstage of Laugh Boston with Tom and Carrie Louise Carter, both comedians uh, from, uh, well, they live in upstate New York now, but you guys are both from the New England area. And you guys are now uh, doing a show tonight. So we got in here real quick because uh, we're in between shows. So we want to get this <laughs> go through. And that's basically what your guys' life is kind of like a little bit. It's you, you work an hour a day, but that. Or two hours tonight. Uh, t- uh, tonight you're working two hours because you're doing two shows. So it's kind of like a hurry up and wait almost situation where it's like, all right, we get here and then we just wait for the show to start, right? There's a lot of travel. Uh, a lot yes. of, you know, you don't count that into it. Today I flew in from Orlando because I was in Orlando last night. And so, you know, you, you could say I work an hour a night, but I was up at seven yeah. to get to the airport, to return the rental car. To fly up here, then I get here, I got to check into the hotel, then I went and did a gig at a um, country club in Dedham earlier tonight, and then right from there to here for this show, and then another show, two shows tonight, so I'm doing three tonight, and then tomorrow we do it all over again. Mm -hmm. I do that, but I have three kids and a dog in tow. (laughs) Yeah. So, don't feel bad for, you know, Mr. Tom, and I got to get up, and I have a day, and then, you know what I did? All right, I got up an hour before you did. Okay, I had to pack you were up for at six? three kids. Were you up at six? Yes. That's a lie. You were not was up it, at six. Wait, wait, alarm clock six or kids knocking on the door kids six Kids knocking o'clock. on the kids, yeah, or, or a text or something. I don't know, but it was early. Liar. The dog. <laughs> it was early. Okay. And I freaked. I had to feed, you know, I have to feed the kids, put them off to school. I had to make sure they had their lacrosse sticks because we're coming up here for the weekend. So I brought my kids. Usually I don't always bring my kids, but some most of the time I do. So um, I had to pack for three kids and a dog. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. to run to teach aerobics. I teach aerobics. Too. Hold on. I have like a little day job, day job, a real day job. I teach aerobics. Oh, wow. But that's only an hour a night. <laughs> and I'm judged there, too. <laughs> and I have to work in front of a mirror. It's the worst. So I had to quickly go to aerobics, come back, had to get the kids from school. Now, you can't just get the kids from school. You need a note. You need an ID. You need, you know, you need, they got to make sure that you don't have guns nowadays. It takes an hour for them to, to get dismissed. My wife's school. Lebanese. She always shows up at the school with guns, and it's it's very <laughs> awkward. Um, so you had a rough day, honey. I know. Can I have a tissue? Because I would like to wipe away the tear that I'm <laughs> well, crying. I because Did you go through airport stake. security today? Yeah. Did you do I, that? I, did s- you? Seriously, going to the school is like going to, through airport security. Okay. So anyway, got them all in the car. The only good thing today, and I had to drive six hours to get here because I was in uh, traffic. That sucks. You're right. And and in traffic. It was a horrible traffic because it's Friday. That sucks. And I dismiss them from school. And I'm like, hurry up. And they want to pee. And the dog has to pee. And then they want to eat. And I'm like, we can't stop. Look at the traffic. You don't even know. (laughs) They're like, this is not traffic. There's going to be traffic. (laughs) We're we're going into Boston at 5 o'clock. There's going to be traffic. The only good thing was I got to drive in the high-speed lane because I had the kids in the car. <laughs> the HOV lane? Yeah. Yes. The carpool lane, finally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's th- since you brought up about the kids, did you packed them and sent them off to school today. Did you just pick them up from school early? or okay? Yeah, I, yeah, I had to, and that's like a nightmare. Like I said, you, you, it yeah. takes a, a long time. You can't just pick them up from school anymore. Well, when you're picking them up from school and uh, today, like, the note that you have to ask school is like, uh, I have to take my kids with me because we need to go tell jokes tonight. I said just family. They're like, I, I looked at the list of all the kids that got dismissed. Sick. Appointment. Doctor's appointment. Sick. Sick. I just wrote family. <laughs> <laughs> Our family's kind of sick. It makes sense to me. 
we're mentally ill. That's sick, isn't it? Yeah, I, it works that way. So yeah, but there we have, we have a christening tomorrow, so we have to or first communion tomorrow, so yeah. we have to go to that, which exactly. is why, and that's all family. So it really was that's a family event yeah. to bring them up here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's the life of two hundred. There aren't many married comedy couples that are doing this with kids. Um, mm -hmm. So we're doing it, and a necessary evil is we have to pull them out of school early on a Friday. Then boo-hoo, you know. Right. So. Well, when you guys usually are, uh, are touring, you guys don't usually go together or uh, a lot together, right? No, no not so much because I, you know, I have to stay home with the kids and stuff. But there's a, there are occasions where there's a good opportunity where I go and it's, and they're paying me enough so we can pay a babysitter and not lose money, <laughs> which uh, but whenever they call and ask for Tom to do work, he's like, yeah, no problem. When they ask me if I can do work, I'm like, hold on. And it becomes like a math problem. Like, how many can I get, you know, six people to do what I do with all my kids and rides and babysitters and go off and do this gig? So it's, 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 it's difficult, more difficult, I think, for me, again. And it's, do you need tissues? <laughs> yeah, I do. It is this time of year. All three of our kids are playing lacrosse now, and they're kind of intense lacrosse. It's lacrosse so season. I'm from Baltimore. I know all about lacrosse. So, I mean, there's a practice or a game every day. Yeah, you and, saw my you know, mommy all the kids. Yeah. And then above and beyond that, you know, my kids are getting ready for their confirmation, so there's a lot of religion class, and Tommy also has religion class, and then she teaches a comedy class at night. Yes. And yeah, plus yeah, we all do stand-up, plus she teaches. Aerobics, aerobics and so there's you know and I'm on the road a lot and so uh, you know this it, it's just when we get to get work together it's when we really get to see each other you know it's we true. will we will actually sleep in the same bed tonight which is rare for us and then we can eat between shows and that's like a date night for us we're like oh we're having dinner together out yeah. Well, doing uh, so, you're mostly on the road because well, you guys kind of made that decision that you're going to be mostly on the road, and to compensate for not being able to do comedy as much, is that why you do aerobics and teach? Uh, yes, and that's why I also do the mommy minutes to keep me, you know, relevant and in my face in the in the clubs. I don't have to always go to uh, uh, the city and pay twelve bucks for the, or it's more than twelve bucks for the the bridge, and you only get cab fare. And then, you know, it doesn't pay enough for the babysitter. So I figured, well, how can I put myself out there and, and just stay at home and kind of work? And that's why I started the Mommy Minutes, which are five-minute videos. And that thing that you saw today that you yeah. retweeted is real. It's always art uh, uh, recreating life all the time because that's exactly the conversation we had the day before. Well, yeah, basically the Mommy Minute today was about uh, just scheduling your kids to send them uh, different places and and who can pick up who and can you drop them off early they can stay late and oh you're not here it's, you know sometimes most of the time it's not here so I'm always begging moms but at Christmas time I always give them a Dunkin Donuts card so <laughs> and when I'm around I'm around so when I'm around I try to have the, all their friends over for sleepovers and I try to take their friends everywhere because we owe payback yeah. because when I'm not around yes. you know she she can't do everything so uh, we do have to dole it out to other friends and stuff so I try to make it up he for does. it when I'm around and He's take all the other you know neighborhood kids to the movies and do stuff like that just because I feel like I'm a waste of sperm dad when I'm not around for we aim for two weekends out of the month that I'm around you and two weekends I'm away I overcompensate well when the other parents of your friends and, and uh, teachers of your kids and stuff when you tell them that you're a comedian, like what is the thing? What is it the thing that they say to you that you that bothers you the most? Like the question that you hear every single time from from your friends, your kids' parents. I think they're pretty kind generally. They're not really mean. They're kind of fascinated because it is the road less traveled. Everybody else they're dealing with is a nine to fiver generally or someone like that. Uh, so we're we're an anomaly in that sense. Um, but I. Uh, 
no one really offends me or anything. I think sometimes they think that we have a uh, unstable household because we're both artists, but it's pretty yeah, stable. Yeah, because they, they, they see our and kids. And I credit her. I, I get a lot, a, a lot of it. I'm like, oh, a lot of people, when they find out that we're both comics, they're like, oh, my God, what, what's it like being at your house? <laughs> and they think it's like a lot of fun. And, and, and it's, I'm like, it's normal. I hate him just like everybody else <laughs> hates their husband. And it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty that was, normal. That was kind of mean. I, I think, uh, <laughs> wow. I guess I guess we're this is turning into therapy. I guess a little bit. Uh, no, guys. No. Um, no. No. I'm just you know. I know. <laughs> we're just normal. Every 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 wife hates their their husband. Aggravate gets aggravated with their husband. I love you, honey, but oh. it's a love hate. Aggravated's a little sweeter, I think, than hate. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, all right. Hate. Well, hate's a funnier word. Okay. Right. It's a quicker word. We'll go with that. Hate and love both have the same amount of letters. It's four letter Ag- words. Yeah. Aggra- no, but aggravating is too many syllables. Yeah, and I'm not around a lot. Uh, you're both from the New England area because Tom, you're from Providence, and Carrie, you're from Brockton. Well, near Brockton, uh, Easton. Easton. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm Brockton. still f- four years in. Brockton. Four years in, I'm still f- trying to figure out the names of everything outside of the T distance because yeah. that's usually what I stick we to. We don't know Baltimore. You don't want to well get either, lost so. in Brockton, but Easton don't want to get lost in Baltimore either. So yeah, that's true. That is <laughs> but true. But when you guys were doing comedy here in the New England area, did you guys meet? Doing common here, or did yeah. you meet when you were both on Last Comic this Standing? This is a workplace romance. Yeah, we were yes. already together a long time before long time we did before uh, Last Comic Last Standing. Standing. Okay. Which, by the way, she went further than I did on Last Comic Standing, That's and that right. comes up a lot whenever we argue. Uh, Yet but, he's on the road. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, he also did almost win. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you take care of a dog, he loses the dog. So it's. <laughs> right. That's true. It's a symbiotic thing. I think that works out. Yeah. So uh, we, we got together. I. She promised she wasn't going to date another comic. I promised I wasn't going to date another waitress or comic. Or a headshot. Yeah, or anyone with a headshot. Right. And then we uh, we said, screw that. And we ended up, uh, you know, it got together. And then we moved to New York together on a wing and a prayer. And we've been down there for 20 years now. Yeah. Now, do you think the move to New York was easier when you guys did it as a couple doing the same job? Yes, I do. Because uh, we were there to lean on each other, support each other, and split the rent. Yeah, split the rent mostly. And... Uh um, it it was very difficult. We were both like no one knew us. We had to we had to show them. Look, we've been doing comedy. We're comics. We've been doing it for quite some time. And tell them the George Carlin story. Yeah, we were kind of established up here, um, and then we moved there. And suddenly, you're you got to go back to the back of the line in in New York, and and that doesn't sit well with a lot of people. A lot of guys out of Boston fled like rats off a burning ship when comedy started to take a nosedive in the early 90s. When did you guys move to New York? In uh, 96. Six? I think it was 96. Six. 96, and then yeah. um, you know some guys went to L.A., hated it, came back. Some right. guys went to New York. So we went to New York. It was great for us. It worked out well. We lived in a six-floor walk-up, which Six is very flights. tough. But the club closest to us was... I was diagnosed with twins on a six-floor walk-up. So you had the kids in, in the our, 90s? No, we were living there for that long. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and, and uh, so I had to walk up six flights when I was pregnant. I was oh, nine right. months pregnant. With I love twins. when she said she was diagnosed with twins, <laughs> like it's cancer. <laughs> well, yeah. While we're on the subject of twins, before I forget, was there twins in one of your guys' family? Because usually that's a hereditary thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, my... Um, my side of the family, his side of the family also, yeah. People ask us if we use fertility drugs and not unless you come Prozac and tequila as part of the t- fertility drugs, but. <laughs> it's, uh, we, my, my, my nephews are identical twins, and uh, so it's, it's on both sides. Okay, 
So you both, you're doubly chanced to, to get twins. It was all her. She's fertile myrtles. It, it, because they're fraternal, she dropped two eggs. I happen to have he turbo sperm, and my yeah, sperm found both saying. eggs because, you know, they thinks, conquer. And yeah. They're really good with GPS. Yeah, they're really <laughs> and they're great swimmers. And then um, she was just fertile, dropped two eggs. They both got fertilized, and here we are. So you were uh, living in a six-floor walk-up in New York. You guys yep. moved there. You're, you're fighting for stage time, fighting to get um, noticed. Yeah, and uh, well, what the club closest to us was the comic strip, and uh, the club owner there, uh, the manager, said, um, "I got enough." Hold. Yeah, he said, "I've got enough short white guys from Boston <laughs> already." That's what he said. Yeah, which just crushed me because it's the club around the corner from where we're living, and it's the world famous comic strip, and that's right. really where I wanted to work. And years before that, I had sent a cassette tape to three people: Carson, Dangerfield, and uh, Carlin. Six months after I sent them out, Carlin calls me back and uh, left me a message. Thank God I wasn't home. And this is when you had a little tape on your answering machine. And he, I saved the message. It was the nicest message, uh, you know, really nice. It was on my website for forever. Is, is it still on your website, honey? No, I don't think oh. so. But uh, he basically out. said, you know. Uh, funny if, stuff, kid. Funny yeah, stuff. He was really nice. He he like, yeah. I'm an open micer. He didn't need to do that. He didn't know who the hell I was. But he left me this really nice message. And he said, if there's any time I can do something for you, just let me know. And so years later, cut to, I can't get in the comic strip. I call him and I said, George, you may not remember me, but you were very kind. Called me back and said, if you could ever help me, there's a picture of you. And as soon as you walk in the comic strip with your arm around the owner, Lucian Hold, he obviously holds you in high regard. If you could just put a word in for me at some time, no rush, whenever you can get around to it. And about two hours later, he calls and I'm home. And Kerry knew I was him who called because my jaw dropped. And uh, he said, I don't have time to talk, Tom, but you're on at the strip tonight at 11 o'clock. Don't drop the ball. That's what he said. And I went there, and I, yeah. I could have done my act in Chinese, and I would have passed Lucian because Carlin called on my behalf. And, he, yeah. again, he didn't have to do that. And yeah. that's what an incredible guy he was. Right. And Lucian, from that moment on, and I became really good friends. And right up until, God rest his soul, Lucian died. Because I went from hating this guy to really liking him. Yeah, we were and really then he got sick, and we were really tight. And he, he was great to carry. And said, you know. The doctor said I have to get my affairs in order. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, what he uh, said to me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, um, all right, well, we'll be over. Yeah, that was him saying goodbye to everybody. It was yeah. very sad because he was a legend in the comedy world yeah. in New York, you, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, so you got passed uh, basically through through proving on a word from Carlin that you can do it. When did you get passed? I got passed, like, and, I got, and this is how Lucian is. He's just such a, uh, an odd duck, and he, but he loved comedy, and he knew comedy, and he, when he booked comedy, he'd, he's like, Carrie, it's like a dance, and you know, so. But he found, he went to one of my shows, I was acting, wasn't even doing comedy, I was acting in this play, and he said, you're on, you, you passed. Oh, that's that. That works. At least he really it. Yeah. Loved my. He knew that I was gonna. He saw something. To his credit, he really he knew comedy. I mean, he had been there since the '70s at this club, and he had always been there. He was the guy. There were other owners, you know, kind of uh, silent partners, but he was the guy day to day there every day, and he knew comedy, and he really knew. And he would tell you sometimes if he thought a joke was beneath you, he'd say. Mm. Tom, you should really get rid of that joke. It's not. It's beneath you. You're better than that. And I would cut it out immediately because Lucian, you know, he knew. Lucian said so. And he would also put all the showcases together for the industry. And the industry would come. And yeah. for out of that club, 
we got we got last comic standing out of that. We got other stuff came you know across our yeah out of that club. So it was early on, which helped me get now other clubs. Now I'd say the comedy cellar is the hot room in the city. You know, there's it it moves around, but at the time that was the room, and so now when you guys were starting out together doing shows, you're dating and and married. Did you ever worry about when people would book one and would book both views on the show? It's like oh, we're getting booked because we're a couple or. Well, um, I, I I thought you might, I I thought you were going with um, if you know we got depressed because he would get a lot more work than I because you know quickly on and uh, also in the nineties yeah a uh, male comic was getting more work than a woman yeah, too it's very sexist so yeah. um and but it was it was hard because I loved him and I wanted him to do well but it was just a reminder that I'm not doing well you know what I'm saying so that was difficult for us like the phone would ring and I'd be like oh and it was years ago when we had phones on cell phones. And I went, hello, oh, is Tom there? I'm like, oh. that was difficult because they knew I was a comic and they, they felt odd. Yeah. And so then I felt odd because they felt odd. So I felt weird and uh, that was but, difficult. But, you know, there are so many more male comics that it, it, it kind of averaged itself out because when they were looking for a funny woman, she was a bigger fish in a, in a smaller pond. Right. And so, you know, she was on the short list when they, were when they were looking for funny guys. You know, there's a billion of us out there. So it really was sexist. And she used to say, you know, I feel... Feel like sexism is alive and well in comedy, and I would poo-poo it. And, and, but now, you know, having lived with her, I've I've come to see that you know even female club bookers yeah. won't book women. And yeah. you know, it's harder for women. The parameters within which they get to work are much more narrow because I can get up there and talk about my genitals and people laugh. But if she gets up there and talks about her privates, some people in the crowd get uncomfortable. You know, devout Muslims, born again Christians don't like it when a woman uses foul language. Or so she has to be a lot. You know, is it work? It's a little slippery or slow. I have a joke. I had a joke, and uh, and I used. To to do it, I would, it would be like uh, the, the twins. Uh, the twins came early, just like my husband. And I get ha, 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 a, laugh, a little laugh. So I'm like, you know what? I gave it to Tom. I go, you try it. He gets a freaking applause break. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, so I gave it to him. Now he thinks that he wrote it. <laughs> do you guys share material that often or write together that much? Well, now we're doing the team thing more than we were before. Well, yeah. You know, the I team thing. I do the team thing. Uh, Tonight, oh, this weekend. If you want to, we can. Yeah, we should do it. We do, we, it, we do it together on stage. Oh, so you guys both uh, do a duo act. Yep. Yeah, which is rare. There aren't that many married comedy couples, and leave yeah, a few the of them to get up there on stage and do it. And people like it. They, it harkens back to uh, Lucy and Desi and yeah. Burns and Allen, and it's, there's Ethel a lot of nostalgia. Yeah. Ethel and uh, George the, and Ethel. George and George Ethel. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, ben Stiller's parents. Yes. Yeah. Stiller, Stiller, Stiller and Mira. Stiller and Mira. Yeah. yeah ben Stiller's And Nichols and May. There were a few, you know, and they were very, very popular back in the day. And so I think people like that. And so we've we we got a reality show uh, that ran for a while on Women's Entertainment Network yes. called Too Funny because yeah. of that. And yeah. we've done pilots since then for that stuff. And there's someone who is interested in us right now because of the the anomaly that we are a married comedy couple with kids. So it's uh, you know we don't even love each other. We're just using it as a vehicle to get. It's it's hard though because we are open micers when it comes to me and him doing together on stage. We really need a lot more stage time to play to get to know each other. Yeah. We're so different styles. I'm like, uh, it takes me five hours to say hi, and he's like, get to the point, get to the punchline, Carrie, and he just can't have dead air. It's just at all. and your comedy's a little styles. more personal, and yours yeah. is yeah. a little more observational. Yeah. So we're but we can't be open micers because our day job is our night job. Yeah. So. 
it's hard for us to actually get stage time together. And to your point, going into the city is a couple hours of commitment from where we are in the burbs. Yeah. It's, it's financially, you got to pay for parking, you got to pay for Baby tolls sitters. once you get in there. And then we're getting up there and we're not, it's hard when, I've been at this for 25 years, she's been at it for 20 years or something. It's, you know, we kind of have the solo act down. So to get up there and have to start fresh as kind of a team and, and iron out those wrinkles is difficult. Now, going on uh, back to the subject of kids, did you guys, and I don't want to make your kids sound like an accident, that's not what I'm saying, but were kids part of the plan at the time? Yes. They were part of the plan, and we were in L.A. trying to get famous. We were living in L.A. for six months uh, during pilot season, what they call pilot season, and we decided, um, let's, you know, try to get pregnant. We're not going to get pregnant right away. We want to do it maybe in the summer, but we're not going to get pregnant. Let's just do it first time out of the gate, boom, pregnant, and with twins. Fertile Myrtle. And with twins. And, and then we come home, and I'm on a six-floor walk-up. And we're like, we have to move. And then we move to Harlem, because that's what you do when you have a family. You move to Harlem. Yeah. Now, did the lack of maternity time put a damper on the entire pregnancy? And put a, did it make you feel more – Tom, did it make you feel more pressure – uh, at work, like I got to work harder because my wife can't work at Ab- all. Absolutely. Well, you know, comedy is a dream job if you dream of poverty and rejection. So we have two of us. Most comics are married to civilians, so they have a 401k and health insurance and stuff. And we rolled the dice. You know, we, we took the road less traveled and did the artistic thing. And so it's always been a struggle. It's always been a until America's Got Talent. It's been like a freaking out every month can you pay your bills and so that's uh that was always a concern and now when you have twins that's a wake-up call that's and i'm the breadwinner you know traditional role uh so i have to do plus she's got to stay home and take care of the kids so that was uh that was a big albatross around my neck i worked uh when i was pregnant i loved i worked right up until i loved working pregnant it was i was so funny because (laughs) you know no one likes just a plain white woman no one likes women period (laughs) And no one likes a plain white woman. So when I walk up on stage, there's like everybody hates me before I even open my mouth. But when I'm pregnant, I can just feel everyone's like, oh, my God, what does she have to say? I was big and I just loved it. Loved it. Yeah. And they say you have a glow. She really had a glow. And people really gravitated toward a pregnant woman. Yeah. I could feel that the audience just like loving me before I opened my mouth. And I've never felt that before. And I I don't now. It's sad now because sometimes she'll shove a pillow up there and go up and try to milk (laughs) it. And it's uh, I'm like, honey, come on. Let it go. Let it go. Uh, now, you bring the kids along here. They see what you do. They're in your, your YouTube videos that you make. They were a part of the reality show. Are you worried about them getting into the entertainment biz? No. They'll be in counseling. We don't yeah. know if they're going to be in uh, the entertainment. We'll encourage it if they want to do it, but we prefer they take I their, you know, uh, you know, nine to five. Doctors. Yeah. <laughs> because I... That's, a, that's our we retirement plan, honey. We know how difficult plan, it is. We know we've experienced it. So uh, if, but we'll support them in whatever yeah, they want to do. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll love whatever they do. Well, it's, it's some Unless, people push their children into that. Uh, some feel yeah. happy that they got into that. And some people are like, no, no, no. I, try, I told you, don't do this. Don't do this. Did you not learn from me? Like, where in that spectrum are you guys? Um, as long as they don't join Al Qaeda, I'm okay with them yeah, doing I'm whatever the hell anywhere, they want. You know, I always say, I always say, like I do my opinion. Like you're so good with kids, you should be a pediatrician and things like that. You Just know. dropping little dropping hints. Dropping little hints. Um, but uh, you know, I think they're really funny. They have funny. They, I can. They're starting to write. They're like, Mom, that's funny, right? Like, and if I laugh at their joke, I can see a little, you know, glimmer, yeah. glimmer, and I'm like, Oh God. 
so I try not to laugh at their also, jokes. They both want to be, the twins at least, want to be wealthy. And so they're, yeah. uh, they're, they're motivated by money, and they know that it's difficult what we do. And they have friends that live in bigger houses than we do whose dad is a stockbroker or whatever. And yeah. So they, they know that there's more money to be made in other fields. They can sniff out a really gorgeous, you know, Lamborghini. Like I, I'm like, where are you? They're like, oh, my God, look at that. I'm like, where are you seeing these cars? I'm like, well, if you're a comic, you won't be driving in that. <laughs> so little hints. All right, you got to get on stage. So that's good. How old are the kids now? The twins are fourteen, and the youngest is nine. Oh, has everything has? How has things changed for you as a father now that they're teenagers? Uh, well, they're they're a little more obnoxious now. They're going through. There's a lot of testosterone in our house. There's three boys plus me, and our cats are male. So even Carrie wakes up with an erection sometimes. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Uh, it's just too it, much testosterone. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's you know it's. Uh, it's just weird. They're in a new phase now that they're they have girlfriends, and Carrie does not approve of their girlfriends. But in fairness, she doesn't approve of my girlfriend either. So it's I understand why she would be a little bitter about that. <laughs> now, the, are, is there talks about having fourth for no, a daughter at all? Or? Snipped. I uh, oh, I went. I've, I've been surgically altered. So if she gets pregnant again, we're gonna have a serious you sit the down. The kids cut out. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I got snipped because uh, my dad got snipped when I was born because oh, I'm really? the youngest of six and he was ready to, uh, you know, he was he didn't even want me. So I was a mistake. How was that conversation uh, when you got when it was brought up about oh, getting snipped? I mean, that's some people take it as a big deal. Some people don't. Wait, it was said, we have to make the decision right now because we have good insurance and <laughs> we need to make the decision now because in a year our insurance is going to end and we're not going to have be able to get you snipped. And so you guys don't have SAG after health no. insurance. I know because that's what I have, and it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had that for a while. Um, you know, she just she didn't like uh, female birth control, and uh, I didn't like wearing a raincoat in the shower, and so um, it was uh, a pretty easy decision. You know, well, good. Well, I had surgery. You know, on my I had hair transplant. That was surgery. I had uh, dental work done. I'm not afraid of going under the knife, and so I said, snip me. Let's end this so I don't have to worry about it. All right, well, let's go and uh, we're going to wrap this up. That sounds great. Good luck to the, for the rest of the years because, hey, it's Thank been, you. you're at the worst part uh, with, with boys because at the teenage years, that's when we turn into hellions. That's true. I was one, too. Yes. I know exactly what it is. Yeah, you, know, you know all but their I'd moves. But I tell you, teenage girls are no walk in the park either, So, and I don't have to pay for weddings. That's a good thing. That I just can't thing. have anything breakable in my home for what's, the next 10 years. But what's other the old uh, the cliche line when it comes to kids? It's uh, with uh, girls, you have to worry about all the penises. With boys, you just have to worry about the one. That's right. And so. they say, and I'll butcher it, but they say, uh, a son is a son until he marries a uh, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll butcher it. But a woman, uh, when you have a daughter, she's around forever. But when you have a son, they go off. You know, I kind of want I'm much closer to Carrie's side of the family now than I am to mine. So that'll be sad when we get older. But, uh, you know, so far it's working for us. And I love her dearly. And uh, even though she said she hated me on your podcast. <laughs> and uh, we're, well, we we're, we're going to make record. it work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she said it before. Trust me. Do you sometimes feel that you're not doing enough 
when you're out on the road? Like, do you feel like you're not home enough or that you're not participating enough? That's as a why father? I have that Catholic guilt when I'm home. I mean, I'm, I'm like, have everybody over for a sleepover. Let's take everybody to the movies. Let's uh, let's uh, take everyone to the baseball game or whatever. And so uh, I do a lot of that and I do all the driving I can do, the carpooling and all that stuff because I have to make up for that lost time. But I follow the Dennis Regan and Brian Regan told me once that they aim for two weekends out of the month and Brian's at the point where he can choose, pick and choose oh, yeah, wherever he, he wants. Wherever he wants so, so he yeah. says for two weekends out of the month I'm on the road the other two weekends I might be working but I'm working close to home and that way I he lives in Vegas I believe yeah. and, and uh, that way I can still work but I'm sleeping in my own bed and I'm not an absentee dad and that's what I and Gaffigan is very into being with his kids he self you know they 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 teach them at home or homeschool them, whatever you call that, it's and take them on the road. Seven people in a two-bedroom. You can't help but be in. Yeah, so uh, I'm trying to do that. My dad was a doctor, and he was in the operating room before I got out of bed, and he was doing rounds at all the hospitals when I was tucked in at night, so I never saw the guy. He went to one wrestling match my entire year. I love the guy dearly, but he was a provider, and I hope my kids will understand that when I'm away, I'm providing. And I am fortunate enough now to have Skype and FaceTime and all these other things so that I really can be. And I, I mean, now they're 14, so I'm texting them several times a day. We're talking several times a day. So I really feel like I have my finger on the pulse. When I, every year I go to Hong Kong, that, then I feel like I'm off the, off the, grid. Off the grid. And sometimes I, I used to do cruise ships a lot. And when I was on cruise ships, I felt like I was um, kind of, uh, you know, again. I Disconnected was, from yeah, the family. And, and you don't want to feel that way because yeah. on a cruise ship, it's like, you know, 10 bucks a minute for the slowest Internet in the world. So I just blow it off all week and then I come home and find out something major happened. And I feel like, Jesus, I missed that. That important milestones, you know. Do you sometimes worry about Carrie's career when she's not able to do comedy as often as you are? She, like many women, has put her career a little bit on the back burner, which is a sacrifice a lot of women make. But. Uh, I've been at it longer, and it is unfortunately a male-dominated world. And because I've been at it a little longer, and um, I got a little luckier on a couple of reality shows, because that's what it is. It's not reality. We all know it's luck. Yeah. Uh, then, but I would be okay if she was the, you know, if she had won Last Coming Standing or something, and and I would let her be the provider. I would be okay with that. Uh, it would hurt a little bit because of my male ego, but I would yeah. understand that the bills were being paid and the, the as long as there's a parent around to take care of them. And sometimes she goes on the road for a week and I'm Mr. Mom. So uh, that does happen and we just make it work. We're 16 years married in June and together for 20. And well, I, so far, I like it. Is there, for anyone who, I'm, I'm, I, 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 flabbergasted by the fact that you guys can hold a relationship that's been this successful this long because I'm very adamant against work, uh, relationships with co-workers. Like, I have a room... My roommate's a comedian. Him and I met in comedy and then I needed a place to stay and I lived there and I'm like, even that's too much of a close relationship for me. Are is you there... allowed to say who that is? Do I know oh, yeah, the Jesse... No, he's a nobody. Okay. He's, uh, we're both nobodies in the Boston scene. But no, my roommate, Jesse Miles, we've talked about... I've talked about him on the podcast. Have not had him on yet. Uh, the closest he's been on the podcast is... Uh, during a like break, because I have a st I built a studio in our home. No, oh, so um, so occasionally a guest will be like, because right, I go long for him. They're like, uh, all right, we got to pause. I got to go to the bathroom. They'll walk out. He'll come out and is like, so everything sounds good through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a few moments that the guest is out of the room. He'll pop his head on, just like. Technically, Hi. he's on. Yes. He's on the podcast. No, yeah, that's. I've been meaning to get him on. It's just he's my 
in case of emergency guests. That's what That's I'm good saving in my back pocket. Up your sleeve. Yeah. That's good. But uh, so if there's one thing that you could say for anyone who is a couple in the entertainment industry, what's the one tip that you could tell them that would make their relationship a little more successful? Because um, I've met lots of comedians who are couples and sometimes it's tough for them. Some of them, some guys get jealous of their, their girlfriend's success. Some girls just feel like they're getting dragged along to shows by their husband when they get booked on it. It's, so it can, there's can be animosity uh, that's, that builds up in the relationship. And there can be. And I, that's probably the same with two doctors, you know, or two lawyers or whatever. And it, it'll be trite to say this, but, uh, you know, just go for it. Because it, it, if, if the relationship is strong enough, there are going to be rough patches, but they're going to be rough patches in every relationship. And you just have to, you know, ride those out and rise above them at the other end. And so far... It's worked for us. It, there were, she, got, she got Aspen Comedy Festival before I did, and that stuck. I mean, I, I've been telling jokes six years longer than she has, so that hurt me a little bit. But, I, you know, it stings a little bit, but then it goes away because I realized that uh, her success is my success. It's, it's all going to be the same bank account. And I felt the same way when Dane Cook flew past me. He started way after I did, <laughs> and all of a sudden he's filling arenas. And I love Dane. But, you know, for a moment, you, you, you personalize that, and you go, what am I doing wrong? Me, yeah. You know, you know, and so the same with Louis C.K. And, and other guys out of Boston that I started with, uh, you know, when they get successful. But then in my head, I'm like, I'd rather it be him than someone I don't, don't know. Like, you know, yeah. at least this is a guy I like and that's it, yeah. worthy of it. That And so if Kerry succeeds, it's it a rising tide lifts all boats. And we all you know, so when she got those things, I really was thrilled for her. I went to Aspen with her as her cheerleader, you know, and I didn't try to get on stage or anything. I just went to be her caddy. And then I got Aspen the next year and she came out and we've always been very supportive of each other. And we realize we're not competing. If they want a funny chick, they're not looking for me. And if they want a funny dude, they're not looking for her. So her success, my success, and when I was on America's Got Talent, she couldn't have been better. She was really the, the queen of support and wonderful and all that stuff. So um, it, it just, uh, for whatever reason, knock wood, it's been working for a long time now. So that's kind of the key there is that to realize that even though you both are doing the same job, you're not competing against each other. No, and if, if they're successful, they're going to be happier. And uh, if they're successful, then the financial rewards will be yours as well. Um, because you are, you know, it's a marriage is a contract. Uh, so, um, you know, you have to embrace all that. But I do feel bad for her because she really, it, it is a really sexist business. It really is, you know. And a lot of the women that are really successful in this business are lesbians. If you look at it, Ellen, uh, you know, Rosie, uh, the, the ones, the, the upper echelon ones, some of them are still closeted that are big up there. Those names I shall not mention, but, uh, you know, oh. a, there's a lot of that. Let me and, scratch that question <laughs> off. But they, uh, it's just, it's a male-dominated art form, and unfortunately, and that's just kind of the way it is, and she's, she has a, a tougher road to hoe than I do. When did you realize that? And that, the last question is, when did you realize that it was a sexist industry? Was it because you were together as a couple seeing how hard it was for her? Or that combo, it, did she have to explain it to you a couple of times until no, you got it? <laughs> I mean, when she, when she brought it up, I, again, I, I dismissed it. And I said, oh, she's just bitter, you know. But then you start looking. I, I'm on the road a lot. And I look at the lineups. You see who's there before and who's there after. And there's, you know, 50 guys and two women. And you could be at the Orlando Improv or you could be at the Chuckle Hut in Nebraska. It's the same thing. For every 
woman comic that's on, there's 10 male comics at least. And it's just the way it is. It's the, it's the, the beast that we've gotten into. And uh, she embraces it. She understands it. But it still stings a little bit when she feels a little left out by these things. But she's, to her credit, she's really one of the guys. My f comic friends who are all dudes always welcome her when we do stuff you know because she can she can hang with us she really she's just she's great with one-liners and and she can you can use foul language in mm -hmm. front of her and she won't blush and uh she's i'm just very lucky excellent all right well hey thanks for letting me come in here and uh ask you guys questions and we enjoyed and this for thank you very time. much and real quick where can people pick up the books uh, my book is on Amazon, and my uh, Bad CD, Daddy, right? And yeah, Bad Dad, uh, A Guide to Pitiful Parenting, it's called. And then hers is Mean Mommy. Hers is also on Amazon. Um, on our websites, uh, I'm TomCotter.com, pretty easy. And she is uh, CarrieLouise.com, but you have to spell the Carrie with an I. Uh, she explained that because the other one is a porn star. Yes, and, there's a uh, Carrie Lewis with a Y. That's and on a porn social star. media, I'm at Tom Cotter Comic, and she's, I believe, Carrie Louise Laugh now. I think she yes. just changed it recently. But uh, people should follow us and, uh, you know, check in and see what we're doing every once in a while. We'll, we will make them laugh if we have to follow them home and tickle them. Cool. We guarantee that we will make them laugh. And there you have it, my podcast with Tom and Carrie Louise Cotter. I think uh, in the earlier intro, it sounded like Carter. Who was the host of the show that weekend at Laugh Boston? Sean Carter, uh, local Boston comedian. Uh, he, they actually had to interrupt the uh, interview a little bit to figure out times. Like, hey, can we start while you're still back here talking? I'm like, yeah, no, go, please do, do what you need to do. I'll set a timer and I'll make sure that she gets on stage when you announce her. So, uh, thank you so much to to for you guys for downloading this episode and listening to it. I appreciate it. Uh, if you're coming to the podcast because you are Tom or Carrie Louise Cotter fans, uh, fans of the Mommy Minute. Uh, thank you so much for listening to it. Uh, just to give you a post-show wrap-up of what this is about, I guess. Uh, the podcast is I interview artists and entertainers about their day jobs. There's plenty of other podcasts that you can download and listen to. Some uh, people with some very interesting jobs. Uh, comedians, some musicians. Uh, and I'm trying to get more and more people on as much as I can. So, uh, I am a Boston area comedian. My name is Denner Dennis Maller. Hello. Thank you for listening to this. And uh, if you enjoyed it, please do me the favor. Go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, however you listen to this podcast and uh, subscribe to it and give it a review uh even the review is bad that still helps but somehow i mean you know the more reviews the more it's going to get pushed around well this thing if you came here because you're a fan of somebody uh if you leave a review it actually pushes this higher in the rankings which means more people are likely to listen to the podcast which means more people are likely to hear about who you came here to support so i appreciate if you do that uh for the people who oh man i've been off uh, so long because of tech issues, and I, I briefly talked about it last week, uh, but just to tell you, man, like, I don't have tech problems. I'm usually not that guy. I'm the one who fixes problems, and then when I have a problem and I can't fix it, it drives me crazy, because even when I did the podcast and I did the ending, I was about to upload the podcast, and um, just to talk tech, I save all the audio to a external hard drive. Well, it's a, a slave drive. It's an internal drive that I put in an enclosure to make it an external hard drive. 
luckily, I did that. I had I kept all the audio on a separate hard drive because a couple months, you know, almost a year ago, the hard drive on the computer completely crashed and lost everything, and we ended up having to replace it. Uh, luckily, I had all the audio saved to an external hard drive. We didn't lose it. Everything was fine. Well, come this time around last week, I went and did the entire episode, did the intro, did the outro, was about to upload it. I just needed to throw in the music, which you've just heard about, heard, and I couldn't throw in the music because it was on the external drive, and the external drive wasn't reading. So I'm like, no! So I have everything ready and done. All I got to do is upload it and, and walk away from it. And I can't. So I, I left here. I had to go take the external closure and the hard drive over to, to my local Best Buy. Walked up the geek. So I was like, it's not working. Make it fix. Make, fix it. Fix it. Fix it. And this is to talk about how lucky I was about this. So I did that. They take it in the back. They're looking at it. One of the Geek Squad guys comes out. Not the one I was speaking with, but another one. I jokingly look at him and go, uh, so how's it looking there, Doc? And he's like, uh, well, we'll be able to re- re- retrieve the audio. I'm like, okay, good. Um, that's, that's good. Luckily I already had the podcast. I wasn't going to lose that episode, but I was going to, the music and all post episodes and some things that I have in the can that I haven't released yet are all on the hard drive. If I lost those, I mean, I could have found the music. I have it somewhere. Um, my buddy, Scott Lester from Scott Lester and what army, he's the one who did the song for me. He has a song. All he's got to do is resend it to me. If I need to, uh, the outro song is by the dirty Dotties. I have the song. I can just recut it if need be. But if I didn't have to, I didn't want to want to, if you know what I'm saying. So, because we may have to, uh, transfer it to a new hard drive. And I was like, all right, well, what's that? What's that going to cost me? He's like 150 bucks. I'm like the drive and the exclosure aren't worth $150. No. So he goes, well, the guy will talk to you when he comes back. So he comes out and he uh, goes, good news. All the audio is there. Uh, we had some trouble loading it because it's a lot of files. I'm like, yeah, it's a lot of audio files. It's, it's a lot. He goes, yeah, yeah, but it's all there. It's all good. Uh, the problem is when we plugged it in through the enclosure, it didn't work. So the enclosure is bad. I'm like, all right, well, worst case scenario, I buy a new enclosure, 40 bucks. I'm fine with that. Okay, so let's. I just bought it a year ago, though. Let's see if it's still under warranty. He looks it up, finds the receipt very quick and easy because I have not been buying things from Best Buy in a while. Uh, he finds it quick and easy. He goes, Man, you were so lucky. This is four days from expiring. <laughs> so, luckily, the entire thing got fixed and, and uh, taken care of for absolutely no money. They gave me the new enclosure, and I left and I walked home happy and I finished everything and got it up. And I was gonna re uh, redo the outro just to explain that. I'm like, No, I'm not gonna explain that but I'm going to explain to you guys today because uh, I walked in the studio to upload this. I like this episode was done outside of studio and no tech problems. Usually the tech problems I've been having are computers. So like today, I walked in the studio today to upload this and I'm, I'm, you know, listening to things, doing a little bit of editing here and there. And I noticed that my laptop's not even on the internet. I'm like, what the hell is going on? The, just the router decided to stop transporting internet or stop receiving internet. <sighs> So in the middle of me doing this, I'm fixing that problem. And I can't believe neither of my roommates noticed that there's been no internet in the house all day. I can't stop with tech. Like, even in the middle of editing this podcast, I started rewiring things. Like, this shows you how much of a tech head I really am. Um, If you don't believe me when I say I'm a tech head, uh, then you're not my neighbors who saw me dancing with glee out in my front yard yesterday because new cables were delivered through the mail. I like I was just rewiring things while I was editing this podcast. I need to stop. I need to stop fidgeting. Uh, anyway, this is what I enjoy doing. So 
All right, guys, again, thank you so much. Tom Connor and Carrie Louise, God, they were fantastic. Uh, very last minute, I hit him up in the morning and it was like, hey, do you guys want to do this podcast? They're like, yeah. And we had to work out the schedules a little bit because they got the kids, they got the dog, they're in the hotel, they got the shows. I got my own things going like la- uh, last night, Saturday night. We did this, this podcast on Friday night. Saturday night, uh, I could have done it, but uh, I wanted to do it before the show. And they're like, ah, we can't. We got family. Not going to have enough time. It's like we can do it in between shows on Friday or or Friday or Saturday. It's, like, it's going to have to be Friday because I don't have time on Saturday because I had my own show. I was on uh, uh, the uh, stand-up throwdown at Boston, uh, Improv Boston. Why did I forget the name of it? Because I'm stupid sometimes. I'm thinking about all the shows I have coming up because I'm going to Charm City Comedy Festival um, May 11th, Thursday, May 11th, 10 p.m. Char- at Zizimo's Charm City Comedy Festival. So all you Baltimore people, I'll be in and out of Baltimore and D.C. from May 10th to the 17th on a bunch of different shows. So come on down to one of them. You can check out the info and stuff at uh, deaderdentist.com. But <laughs> my brain is so I have so many tracks like I'm, I'm in the middle of buying a car, middle of moving. So I'm looking for apartments, uh, which, by the way, ooh, we may lose the studio, but I'm doing all this. I got a lot going on in my brain. I got another show tonight at Article 24, which unless you hear this podcast, the moment it comes out, you're going to miss. But that's fine, because if you're in the uh, Baltimore, D.C. area, I'll be there for an entire week. You can come see me there. Oh, Riley's Oyster Bar in Mount Vernon, May 10th, 8 p.m. Free show. That's a fun one. I love that one. That's a one that Quinlan does. Anyway, Tom Cotter and Carrie Louise, they're fantastic. They were like, I showed up. Basically, I left work um, at my more time, rushed home, grabbed my 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 go bag, my bug out record bag uh, of, of you know mics and cables and clips and clamps and cables and recorders and all that other good stuff, headphones, and grabbed that one. Ooh forgot how heavy this is and then rushed to laugh boston and almost surprised them like i sent the message like hey you want to do it oh, so it'll be at this time then they're like okay no no they didn't even say okay they're like all right so we'll do it in between shows today bam come down to the club uh i just sent her uh, you know quick test hey i'm here and i knew she was on stage i figured she'd read it when she gets off she comes out and she walks around like hey carrie dennis so she goes oh wait are we doing this today okay hold on go talk to Tom. <laughs> Which is like, it's weird when she goes, oh yeah, no, go talk to Tom and figure the time out because only her and I were messaging back and forth. Like Tom was not a part of the conversation. It's like they just tag team me on different conversations. Like Carrie Louise is the text, me- the, the the written out text messaging um, contact person. And then when you want to talk to somebody in person, it's Tom. So they kind of just work in, in tandem, uh, which is fun. So it was great. They're absolutely fantastic on the podcast. They were quick. Uh, with an answer quick with a story and a good joke so couldn't ask for a better podcast sorry if you wanted a longer one this was a little bit short condensed concentrated and to the point i enjoyed it i hope you did as well like i said please on itunes google play or stitcher subscribe and leave a comment and thank you very much